0: Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host Ryan Watson and nope, John Gordon.
1: I, I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. You're gonna hate it. Yeah.
0: All right. Here we go. Now get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome to Coach's Corner. With your host, Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Partner with 440 Sports. Find us at broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of our great content. A lot of good stuff going up this week, Jonathan. I know that I've been on the side seeing all the hard work the guys are doing. A lot of good stuff. Rapid reaction to the Bills game. Uh, Look ahead. The power rankings just... Get on there, sign up, uh, change your account over to the Heimendinger Foundation to, to, to get that extra benefit for that foundation. It's a really good cause, so look into doing that. But it's a great website. Like I said, partner of 440 Sports. I'm kind of struggling here, man, with this intro, and I apologize, but I didn't struggle as much as the Bills did last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as we talked about on several of our, of our pieces, it's... Um, Hard to find too many complaints with it being a 42 to 16 victory for the Titans talking about adversity. And, of course, definitely some uh, contested viewpoints out there about whether the adversity was self-inflicted. We're not going to get into that because I'm tired of talking about it. Very much, though, a team that showed up and was ready to play. Uh, Whether you want to make an argument that they had an advantage, I personally don't think they had an advantage. I think that's kind of an asinine viewpoint to take, that they had an advantage. But uh, definitely showed up ready to go, ready to play, uh, and pretty much all around every aspect of the game victory.
0: Yeah, I'll touch on it a little bit. There's a lot of whining going on right now, but of the two teams, you would have told me one of them had one practice in the last two weeks, I would have thought it was the Buffalo Bills the way that they played. It just it did. They didn't look great, and and I think it's a combination because I I really think, and we'll we'll touch on it here in in just a second. But I really think the Titans had a great game plan on both sides of the ball for the Bills. They came in prepared. They had a lot of mental reps. We talked about a couple weeks ago on the show about what how different practices will look if you have to just do them straight virtually and have to miss a couple days. And we I think we led into the the possible Pittsburgh game that got moved in that. So they 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 did that, and then you hear the story about Ben Jones going out into his backyard and simulating a three hour game on the previous Sunday just to stay, you know, keep his mind and body right. And that's just some amazing stuff for this team. And I know we're kind of getting off topic here from the Bills game, but you got to kind of, you got to wonder, this is that trickle down effect. This is that, this mentality this team has, and it started with Vrabel and the, the bring your lunch pail to work type attitude and how the much respect they have for him in that locker room. Hill in the group chat getting on guys about being on the meetings and being on top of their assignments. That, those are all good stuff you want to hear, and it really came forward in the game on, on, thir- on Tuesday night. I almost said Thursday. Apologize. Yeah,
1: we don't. You don't have to say Tuesday very often, so I, I'll give you a break on that one. One Thank thing you. I will say: it, it, what the one of the biggest complaints I see out there is that oh well, the Bills were having to prepare for two different opponents at the same time. Uh, they weren't sure until Monday morning about whether or not they were going to play the Chiefs or they were going to play the Titans. Okay, so let, let me just blow that out of the water real quick and why that's just a, a stupid argument. Because let's say nothing gets changed, there is no COVID effects whatsoever. And everything's played on schedule. So they play the Titans on Sunday and then play the Chiefs on Thursday. So, guess what happens? They don't start preparing for the Chiefs until Monday morning outside of their advanced scouting, which can still happen regardless because that's not affecting the coaching staff. So, this whole idea that the Bills were preparing for two opponents, so they couldn't, they weren't actually prepared for the Titans because they didn't know who they were playing that doesn't change your schedule if you're not playing till Thursday you don't start till Monday morning anyway preparing for the freaking Chiefs so this whole idea that you were impacted by COVID is stupid and it doesn't change up your schedule at all because you found out Monday morning which had you found out the game wasn't happening and you were playing the Chiefs on Thursday you would have had the same amount of time to prepare as previous so nothing changed there it's complete cop-out and it's it's an excuse and frankly for a team like the Titans who didn't make any excuses this is where I'm getting my coaching mentality I'm <laughs> channeling my inner Vrabel here that you want to talk about no excuses about going through a depleted team going in dealing with no practices no excuses and then you're going to be out there whining because you had to prepare on the same schedule that you would have been preparing for anyways get out of here with that
0: yeah and if you want to say that if they're trying to say that oh they were overlooking the titans well that's kind of a different context right if they're overlooking the titans for the chiefs because they think the titans are down what 12 potentially 12 Fourteen guys that that normally would count on in some capacity, and they're going to be a less a shell of themselves. And you think that you're already a more dominant football team, and you're overlooking them. Well, that's on you. That is completely on you and your coaching staff for overlooking the Titans. But I agree with you, Jonathan, that if you were overlooking or you didn't think you had time to prepare, or you're preparing for two teams at once, that's also dumb. I'm sorry. You know you had the game. You knew it was a possibility to be played. And until they said, hey, guess what, it's not being played, you should have prepared as such that it was going to be played. As a matter of fact, then them moving it to Tuesday night is a pretty good indication that they're doing all they can to get this game in. So until the zero hour happens and they say no game, Keep going, and that's really on your coaching staff. To be honest with you, if they didn't prepare you, or if they were looking at two teams at once, or if that, that, so that's just fans saying that. I know that I haven't heard that from anyone on the team, so I know that's there. But I'm just telling you why that is. To steal a word from you, is asinine because coaches aren't going to do that. They're not going to to sacrifice one game in the NFL because on any given Sunday, how many times have you seen that a O and whatever Lions team beats a two or three seed because they just. It was just their debt. It happens all the time in the NFL. So the Bills, curr- you know, I think it was more, in my opinion, just this, the way that the Titans schemed. They came out on fire. You know, Rabel said it in the pressers, no excuses. We're not going to let any of this get us down. How we prepare prepared, how we're going to play in this game is completely, and that's great coaching in my, and, and they even tried the whole, if you want to call it the Patriots mentality or the, the, the tricks Patriots about finding adversity and using that as motivation. It's us against the world. Fine. But it kind of was them against the world because it, after all the investigation is done, it looks like there was just giant miscommunications from the NFL. NFL ha, it had some gaps in their protocol that now they put some stuff on a game day. That's going to help with this moving forward. Hey, Look around at college right now. They're canceling games. I was wondering myself this weekend watching all the fans and stands, when's this going to catch up to college? It's catching up to college now because you don't only have it running through Florida, and they're canceling the LSU-Florida game this weekend. Also, Ole Miss has it rampant, and that could be affecting your number two team in the country who has a matchup with the number three team in the country, Georgia, this weekend in Alabama. So this stuff happens, and once it starts going – it's you, you can put a pause on it right as soon as you, you find it, but then if these guys had contact and it spread to 15 guys, you have to wait for them to let it play out. And it sounds like the Titans at least did that and separated. Uh, they had the the couple practices which were in question, but it looks as soon as they were given official, official word and everything was clear, there was, nothing happened from there, and they did the virtual practices. So, in my opinion, the Titans did everything right as to with the information they had at the time. And that's not me being biased or anything because I'm – close to the situation as someone here in the area, but it's just what everything, once you had all the facts come out. And so the Titans really mentally prepared well, used all that adversity and came out with their hair on fire with, and I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat this, with backups for the defensive line, especially, and for this first half, that defensive front may be the best game they've played all year.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I know we said we weren't going to get into it, but we're into it. So uh, I think you could definitely question the Titans' judgment on holding those practices. But it does seem like they weren't doing anything intentionally against the rules. You can obviously question, hey, your facility was shut down because you have a contagious virus breaking out through your locker room, maybe going and getting together in a group in the middle of a pandemic isn't the smartest decision to make. But whether or not they were explicitly breaking rules or just doing what they are trained to do, which is go be a practice. But neither here nor there. We're moving on from COVID. Let's talk about the game. I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, because if you go back and listen to last week's show, I talked about how that, Kudos to Brian Dayball and the scheme that he had been putting together from a defense from an offensive perspective of scheming guys open using motion to create defined reads for the uh young quarterback that is Josh Allen. Well, they come out and you see the Titans not showing him what he wants to see. They play a lot of zone, disguising coverages, late shifts that exactly like we called, being able to disguise and make him not be able to trust his eyes so you saw it all night uh, in fact Josh Allen moved the ball but it was all backyard football where he was right. really moving the ball the first read was taken away so him being able to get outside the pocket against the pass rush that's something that you can talk about I know to, you're in the trenches article but from a scheme perspective that's a scheme win the 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 Titans coaching staff absolutely put together a master class on how you put a young quarterback in a bind when they haven't seen everything yet
0: yeah, this is similar, you know, I don't want to say it's similar, but it's very similar, I guess, to what they try to do to Lamar Jackson, too, by trying to put pressure and making them win the game, but not letting them have those big momentum-building plays. Yeah, it was frustrating to see them convert some third and longs, I'll, I'll grant you that, but at the same time, their whole mentality was, we'll give up this short stuff. I think Stefan Diggs, who had a monster night, right, his longest catch of the day was 19 yards, I I. I I think I'm getting wrong. If this was the flex, JG would have a correction on the screen for the video later on. But I believe that to be true. I think I read that uh, today. So they're not giving up the huge, big momentum chunk plays. And they're making Allen drive the field. And he made mistakes. And here's the thing. He was off all night. I haven't – I watched – the last two games they had, and I thought he was a little inconsistent in times in those games. He just hadn't it hadn't bit him yet. Well, it bit him here, and he and later on that second interception was definitely on him. the The first one debatable whether it was on the receiver not stopping or the, to my opinion, the receiver read that he should he should dig in there, and Allen threw it behind him, bounced off, and Butler made the pick. Butler had the second pick off of a it looked like he was trying to fit the cover two hole, and Butler was right there in the trail technique. You touched that on that on, on the post game show, I believe as well. But the pass rush, I'll get into it a little more in depth once I'm able to review the All-22, just so I can make sure I get my proper thoughts in line. But just watching it live, I really thought the guys got after it. The only thing is, I think they got out of their rush lanes a little bit, and you've touched on that a couple times as well, so I agree with you there. But they got to Allen. They affected him. And here's the thing I want to point out real quick to everyone who, I get it, everyone sees the money they spent on Clowney and Beasley, right? And they see that, okay, well, they're going to have 400 sacks. Look at, everything they've, look at everything they've spent on the edges. Take a deep breath. I had to because I've been talking too much. But take a deep breath. There's a whole lot more to this game than just stat, stat sheet reading. Yes, it does help, and yes, I expect stacks to be coming at some point in time. And I'll be honest with you, I don't expect them to keep piling up for Clowney. Beasley better start getting his. I am a little frustrated there because he's brought in for that specific purpose to be that edge pressure. Clowney does so much other stuff, but here's the thing. He's getting so many much pressure on the quarterback. He's affecting so many plays during the game, and they're scheming him up, and you saw them kind of trying to scheme and attack the interior of this offensive line for the Bills on defense, which was their weak spot. They have two really good tackles on the edges, but their guards are very suspect. So they were trying to attack in there. Landry was lining up inside. And trying to take advantage of that speed, so you saw a lot of that going on. And they Landry gets his first sack, he was wrapped around Allen's feet. And even on some of those scramble pl- plays, it was just a missed tackle or just a little bit to the left or right. These things, those are, those are the things that you expect to see when people haven't practiced for two weeks. So I guess it shouldn't be too hard, but you're a professional athlete. If you get there, you got to finish the play. And if those, and I'm telling you right now, if they could have completed those three or four missed tackles in the backfield. They may not get to 16. Heck, they may not get to six points.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Josh Allen made some plays. He, he did have some very nice throws. I picked up one, I think it was a third and 15 on a really nice rope pass. Butler was in good coverage. I believe it was to Davis on the sideline. Great job picking that up. You knew you were going to give up some plays to it. So Titans definitely implemented that. Uh, ben, don't break. They're not going to give up the big plays. Don't let them score uh, quickly. And so it was one of those that that, that time started to kind of creep in and become a factor very quickly in that second half where the bills were having to get to a point where they had to chase points. That's not where they want to be. They are very much a pass first offense, but it's one of those where They don't feel like they have to pass. That's not where they want to be because then Josh Allen's going to start to press things. And so I don't think that he necessarily played a bad game. I think he's played. Well, let me say this. I don't think he played any worse than he has in other games. I think that everything that the Titans were doing were things that the bills have not really faced in that they were using that motion to create those defined reads where a lot of times his first read was always going to be there the titans said we're going to take that away and we're going to give up some things playing some backyard football that josh allen's going to do and yeah they had some missed tackles i think they tackled better last night uh but or tuesday night but it is one (laughs) of those that uh yeah you got to you got give and take in today's NFL, that's the nature of the business. So I thought the defense played extremely well from a schematic standpoint. There's still some stuff to clean up, but you're also playing without your two most athletic corners out there right now. Uh, Malcolm Butler, though, he he stepped up. Kudos to him. He stepped up, and your players got to step up. And he he's a he's a big money guy. Um, played physical against some of the, against those receivers, and so that's all you can ask for. If they can get a Dory back, get uh, Christian Fulton back. Maybe this uh, Sunday, which we'll talk about uh, the Texans here in just a few minutes. I think that secondary is really starting to gel and come together
0: yeah and you saw some big plays uh, chris jackson made a big play uh, and the big plays on special teams as well like just people stepping up all over the field on this one and i got a harp here as we're shifting from defense and, and and just to clear up you made a great point there i need to be honest yes the tackling was probably better and has been all season and the angles were better than it probably has been all season but apparently the three or four missed tackles they did have were in big spots that's probably why they're a little more glaring in my memory so that so i apologize to the titans there but you are right overall the tackling was better and again Best defensive game of the year, hands down. And you did this, the Titans, when I say you, the Titans did this with big names out still. Adoree still out. Jeffrey Simmons out. Fulton out. I mean, so to your point you just made there, we'll see what happens once they can get back together moving on to the Texans as well. But real quick on offense, and I just want to brag, and I want to get your opinion because I know I've been bragging on him. i watch a lot of film on him. Dennis Kelly, man. He may be having the best year. He's, he's running pretty close. Saffold's coming on here recently. Taylor, Taylor LeJuan Taylor won. He's gonna be. He's always up there. But Ben Jones and, and Dennis Kelly, man, and, I'm, and maybe I'm biased because I wasn't expecting this much out of Dennis Kelly, but Dennis Kelly is, has been great this season for the Titans. And kudos to the Titans coaching staff because I don't see them giving him a ton of help and pass protection. He is mean. I saw him bullying people after plays, and I, went, and I thought, you mean to tell me he's getting all of his assignments. He's, he's pass protecting really well. And he's not causing penalties at all, and he's bullying people after plays or towards the end of plays. I, Ryan Conklin, who I love that Dennis Kelly is playing this well for this team right now. And I just wanted to get your opinion if you've been noticed the same thing, or if he if you think he is having the best year of the offensive lineman so far.
1: Uh, as I have to, I've pl- pled and preached that I will hold you accountable to names. You're right. Ryan Conklin, who I have no idea who Ryan Conklin John, is. Jack, Jack oh, Conklin, sorry. though. Is, uh, yeah, so, what the re- I think he is playing great, and it okay. actually kind of raises a question. <laughs> I'll be the first one to bring it up. Uh, in, if he continues to play this way, he's a relatively cheap right tackle not just this year, but if he keeps this up throughout this year, where does Isaiah Wilson fit into this offensive line moving forward? Because if if he plays the way if Kelly continues to play the way that he has been playing, are you taking him off the field for an unproven essentially rookie at that point? Just because you spent a first round pick on it, I think it puts them in an interesting spot. So uh, that, that's kudos. It's a good problem to have. Um, but it does put them in an interesting spot moving forward there.
0: Yeah, and so I just want to mention that real quick, and I apologize about going off, because I know we're spending a lot more time on the, the the Bills game than I think either you or I planned, but it's just it was just such a good game. Like you said, there's so much good stuff to talk about from this game, and and, and I'm just amazed they took as much time off as they did and still were able to look as competent as they were on the field. And this offensive game plan, kudos to Art Smith again. He keeps mixing it up. He keeps and you look at the stat sheet, nothing's going to I don't think Tannehill's ever going to be a consistent 300 yards a game, thrower, but that's the thing is he's a with his targets, and he—it's—it's it's not what they want to do. They want to try to control the game flow and convert. And if they're doing those kinds of things against teams, they're going to have a decent chance. Especially when they get to these 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 uh, racer teams like the the the, the Chiefs, who just want to race up and down the field with their offense, and, and the Ravens, who want to get quick scores, and even the Bills to an extent, who want to who live off some of those deep shots and everything. And take your shots when you're when they're there. I mean, Gleef Raymond had a really nice play early on to convert on what was it a third and nineteen. I believe I maybe oh, yeah. get some of that wrong. So, I mean, great game plan from Arthur Smith to on the crossers to get A.J. Brown worked back in. Johnu Smith had a good game again. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you yes, you're down Corey Davis, you're down Adam Humphreys, but you still have guys who can go complete passes for you, and Art Smith calling a masterful game, hitting them with the body shots in the run game. I know that's frustrating The that the run game's still not there, but with the way Tannehill's and the receiving core, who pick a name because everybody was making catches this game, I'm – concerned, but I don't really think that it's that big of a deal so far. They haven't had to come across a team that's stopping their pass game to make their running game that more glaring. And I think the only way that teams can stop this pass game moving forward is to take things out of the box and concentrate less on the run game, which at that point in time, I think they're going to get gashed by Henry.
1: Yeah, when, when you still can bring back in Humphreys, Batson, and Corey Davis into that pass game, that'll be the first time that they've had their full receiving core since opening week. And really, opening week wasn't even truly full steam ahead because A.J. Brown was dealing with the knee issue. So um, I, it's it, – hey – You know what? They played on Tuesday night. They got to play on Sunday. Theme of that, it's a short week, which means as great as that win feels in the locker room, you got to move on. You got to move on fast. So that's one of those you want to live it up. You live it up for that night, but the next day you are moving on and you're on to Houston division game and just like that. We're moving on, so we're on to Houston. What did you see? What are your thoughts going into this week? What are you telling the team?
0: So I think you have to prepare for this like it's a short week, like a regular Pretend like you played on a Thursday night and you're preparing for a Sunday to, to, to steal from you earlier when we were talking from this. But I think you have vice to... Vice
1: versa, vice versa. You yeah. you played on Sunday preparing for Thursday. Yep. Right,
0: sorry. Sunday for Thursday, I apologize. Uh, I'm just all over the place tonight. That's what this wind does. Stay up late, really exciting for me and, and, and may or may not have drank, so I apologize. But uh, yes, so, but my point is you have to just you 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 have these short weeks in your repertoire. You have this these plans already built. So you're not having to do anything extra special. You're just changing the names of the days that you're doing things on. So you still act like that. You still give your guys a day off. You you, you take a day, you then review, you start your install just like normal. You just cut the one extra day off like you would normal. So nothing really changes there. Yes, you you if you want to consider a short week a disadvantage, sure, but this team is going to get more practice time this week than they have in the previous two weeks. So okay
1: (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting to see how they handle it this week because typically you're not going to do much contact on these short weeks but considering the situation they've been in where they haven't had a ton of contact over the last two weeks i wonder if this one's going to be a little bit uh adjusted to get some sort of contact there i mean it was nice to see them be able to tackle better there's still things to clean up there uh but to be able to improve the tackling without actually being able to tackle or do any sort of contact drills that's kind of impressive and it kind of goes back to hey were they just kind of getting focused still getting in the grind of the whole season kind of thing so uh, i think whenever you look at houston they're obviously they they've they fired their coach so things are not going great is they don't do that just by accident so you got romeo Cornell being the, the the interim coach there they get the big win against jacksonville it's one of those hey have they turned things around so many times, Titans included, they fire a coach, bring in somebody and they get that immediate boost of having somebody there so are they going to be able to carry that forward? Typically what you see happen whenever a new coach comes in, they try to get conservative go back to basics on things and so you, watching their game against Jacksonville uh, I didn't see a ton of that I th- they're trying to stay consistent and just drive things forward so I think that whole moving on from Bill O'Brien as we talked about sounds more like there was a lot of stuff under the surface and he had lost the team. Not mm-hmm. so much that it was a schematic thing that they were doing. Right. Because um, look, they're, they're trying to be a run and shoot offense. Unfortunately, they just don't have a great offensive line to go with it. So you got four speedster receivers. Um, but one thing I noticed is that this is super obvious, but they are missing DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, 100%. And so it, it's something that you can definitely tell that they, yes, they do have some speed, but he doesn't have that safety blanket where he, he being Deshaun Watson, where he can just throw it to him and the dude's going to come up with some clutch catches. He's never covered kind of thing. They they can definitely be covered.
0: Right. And, and they're all to, still from Justin Graver, who's one of my co-hosts on the flex is that uh, they're all there's they're, they're cookie cutter receivers that they have there. They all have similar skill sets. They'll do similar things. You don't have that Deandre Hopkins that can take over a game. And to your point about getting, um, Bill O'Brien out of there, getting your GM and your head coach. It just sounds like that everything. It was just a, it was a. I hate to use this word, but a cancer in the locker room. You sound like guys were kind of rallying against him. Maybe they weren't listening to the message because it was stale, and they were losing, and he was treating people like it's rumored that he's treating. It's just one of those things where maybe if you just have a different voice saying the same thing, scheme wise, people will be more receptive to it. It looked like they definitely had a better, a better game. Uh, and without changing anything. So that just tells you there that they're capable and they're a good team. So I say that to mean just because the Titans blew out the Bills, who were a 4-0 team, and the, and the perception is that the Texans are a worse team, you can't you can't go into this. Not, not in a short week, not against a divisional opponent, not in an important game moving forward. If you want to win the division, you have to win these games. If you think you're a better team than the Texans, you have to go and win this game. And the Titans have to go and prepare for the, like this, like they are a better team than the Bills because they're going to get a better shot than the Bills just gave them, for whatever reason. That's my prediction for this, is that you've got to still be, the, as a player for the Titans, you still have to go out and execute and fix some of these little bitty things and take this to the next level because the, the Texans still have athletes. They're still NFL players. Deshaun Watson's still a hell of a quarterback. Let's not get that twisted. They, they have issues on the offensive line, sure, especially at the right tackle position in Howard, but they're still an NFL offense and they're still an NFL defense. J.J. Watt is still very capable if he's healthy. You know, he'll, he'll brag about it afterwards. But they're still a very capable team. Adams is a fantastic linebacker. So, I mean, they've got playmakers all over the field. You want to maybe attack Hargraves in the pass game, potentially there. But as far as, as the Texans as a team, don't think they're going to be a slouch, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think they can be run on. Uh, losing McKinney there from their linebacking core is a big loss for them. Uh, Watt is Good. He's not what he used to be, but I think this is He's a game where a he can start yeah. to get that run game together. Start get that going. Of course, I say that until teams start moving guys back, you'll take it. You'll you'll yep. take it because it, it opens up that pass game. Um, so it's one of those on. I went back and tried to look and see what the Titans did to the Texans when they played them last year. Last year, you had Logan Ryan back there. Malcolm Butler was obviously on IR, so you were dealing with some uh, subs there as well. They actually played a lot of man. I talked about it last night. I expe- I would employ a or deploy a pretty similar defensive scheme against the Texans that I did against uh, Josh Allen and that don't give up those big plays, those speedy receivers. That's not exactly what I saw when I went back and looked at tape from last year, that they did go heavy man against those receivers. Now, um, part of that could be they weren't as speedy with DeAndre Hopkins, but it was interesting to see that because Hopkins is not a supreme athlete kind of guy. He's just he's a super physical receiver. Um, So do they play it differently because you don't have the the Hopkins there? Or is it going to be something that they're going to stick with? Playing that man coverage because that's what they like to do against the Texans. I think that's going to be determined by whether or not Adoree and Christian Fulton are back. I think without that, you don't have the speed to match up, and you're kind of hamstrung and have to go pretty zone heavy because your guys will just get run by by a lot of those guys. Now, I also think without Hopkins, you don't have a, a zone beater. If I'm going against Hopkins. I'm terrified of playing a ton of zone against him because that guy is a great route runner, not just a freak a freak, guy, a freak uh, receiver to make tough catches, but he is a great route runner in finding the zones and sitting down in there. I don't think they have that guy at this point. So does that free you up to run some of those zone coverages versus just going man against the receivers? So I do think it will be heavily dependent on what you can deploy out there just because they do lack the athleticism outside without Jackson and Fulton there.
0: Yeah, another thing too is we mentioned uh, some news for the Titans this week is that uh, Correa demanded a trade, and he got his wish. He was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he won't be available as a rotational piece. But what this potentially could mean is you could have a more athletic guy rolling in uh, in in Roberson. Who and why I bring this up is because you can cover and keep things held. But Deshaun Watson is a fantastic athlete. He can get outside the pocket. He can make plays while on the run so if you have someone who's like that who can be athletic and help chase him down and help put that extra pressure on him at the second after you make him exit the pocket and still continue to chase him down where he can't just vacate and completely get you have to keep him uncomfortable that to me is a potentially a key for the for this defense to put that pressure on Deshaun Watson as they try to confuse him and everything you're talking about in the coverage and try to keep that zone and, and have those those extended plays and Look for Clowney to keep what he's doing. Landry, who's fairly athletic to do that as well. Beasley, you look for him to use that athleticism. So that's that's kind of my look at the defense is keep doing what you're doing as far as the plan to try to put the pressure with your front there. But now you just got to get home and get finished. And whoever is on Howard, look look to take advantage of, of those secondary moves because that's not what I've been seeing a ton of is those secondary moves to get off things. There have been a few on that um, – Sack for Landry this last week. It was a nice dip and, and rip under and penetrate through the guard and tackle gap to get through. And he took advantage of a of a miscommunication, I think, there from the offensive line. I think you are going to have those opportunities in this game as well. And and they they're not really run. They haven't had a real big success running the running the ball this year. It, it has Johnson back there, David Johnson, who they picked up in the DeHondre Hopkins trade. He started off great in that first game versus the Chiefs, but it's been very mixed results since then and he they're using him as a receiver as well so you just have to keep that in mind also but I think they have an opportunity especially if they get those guys back as you mentioned to really make a dent and put some pressure on this Texans defense and then offensively you touched on it attack this defense downhill with Derrick Henry attack those outside linebackers with your outside zone you're so good at running it as the Titans offense is and you look like you're going to be able to make some bread there, especially if you can attack and get to that second level. If they're, going to, if they're going to keep stacking the box, I have full confidence in Tannehill being able to find that second and third level targets in the pass game, off play action especially.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that they have to continue to do is right now I think they are number one in uh, turnover differential per game. I think so. They're averaging winning the turnover battle by two turnovers each game. They got to keep that going. Um, uh, the, the Texans are a team that, hey, they, they've struggled. They're one and four. You don't want to give them life, though. They, keep keep your... Uh, Keep your Derrick Henry stiff arm on their throat, throwing them into the turf there. Keep it going. And you got to protect the football. I think that they're in a position where they're going to be pressing. They want to be able to get climb out of the hole that they've dug for themselves. Don't help them. So Tannehill's done a great job not only just scoring points, but pr- protecting the football. And so that's going to be the key there. Don't give them anything easy. And I think you're going to be able to grind out that victory. They don't have to do anything fancy against the Texans. They are a better team. And frankly, on a short week, they don't need to try and out scheme it anything just go to work you're the better team act like it's a division game as great as the bills win is you got to be preaching that message that this is the one that means more it's a division game you want to be the king cool you went in you you won the wild you got into the wild card last year you want to be the king then you go earn it these are the games you already got one on jacksonville you need one on houston this is where you can go and you're 5 and 0 not just for overall record this is the one where you have two wins in the division now you start to really put your foot on the throat of that division and that's how you become you want to be the best team in the in the, we talked about it since the off season your goal here is to win a super bowl nothing less anything less is a failure regardless of circumstances no excuses you have to win this game
0: yeah, and especially when you when you look ahead here, the, this game is a is I mean, I Every game's a must win at this point in time because when is the stretch going to happen? What's coming up for them? I mean, you look look forward to the Texans. They've got the Steelers game staring them right in the face, and this is going to be a tough matchup against. As of now, another undefeated team, the Bengals. You don't want to count them out than the Bears and the Colts. So you've got this run coming up of teams that that with falls, the Bears are better. So you, you want to take advantage of this chance where you have it, where you you are the better team. Don't play down to the Texans and take advantage of this. Like you said, put that stranglehold, that stiff arm stranglehold. I love that analogy you just had on this. Division and really take control. You are four and zero. Culture sitting at three and two because if they win now, you lose. Your now the Titans are four and one, and Indianapolis is four and two after this weekend, and you don't want that to happen as well. So, because you got the Steelers up, because you got the Steelers I mean, the up. Thing.
1: You can four and zero is great. Four and zero is great. Having the national media talking about you is great, but it it can become four and two real quick and you're not, you are tied for a division lead. So you have a chance to really make a statement. You made one last night on Tuesday night on national national coverage. Well, guess what? You go out and you lay an egg, which Titans fans are used to seeing. You want to be different. You don't go out and lay an egg against the Texans right here. You roll right into the Texans. You take care of business. It is a business. It is a business trip. Go down, go. Hey, you got to go. You got to go. This is
0: what it, this is what it's about. Exactly. All right. So before we move on, I got got a surprise topic right before we finish up, because it's something that hit me while we were talking here. But um, what's your score prediction for the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans before we move on?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Let's go. Hey, they've been scoring in around the 30s. So I'm going to go with 32, 25 Titans.
0: All right, I am at thirty four twenty one Titans. So we're 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 close again. We seem to always be pretty close. I I ate some crow last week on the Bills, obviously, because I I just I just I honestly didn't see how they could overcome some stuff too. I'm very happy I was wrong, like I said. And you were right
1: on paper. On paper, paper, I put that I I picked the Bills. So so on in the pick'em, I picked the Bills. But on our pod, it's recorded on our pod, which was recorded after after I made my pick. I picked the
0: Titans. Yeah, after matchups. After I finished my my late article last week, I kind of went and said – I, I'm leaning a different way at this point in time, but I, I was like, I'm, I'll stick to my word. I said it already, but anyway, so there we are. We both predict the Titans win, but what I want to bring up real quick before we get into our closing, because we, we have been about time here, but just something that is interesting. Do you think the NFLPA is take, has taken notice of the Titans being as effective as they were with the limited practice time? Do you think that this is going to be a mindset moving forward for teams to, and I hate to say take advantage of, but it is there is some allure right to being able to have your guys prepare and not risk injury in practice because how many times have you seen something like you go to practice and oh gosh Yvonne Miller tore his his ankle today that kind of stuff and and, I mean do you you think there would be a push in the future to go from this because all eyes were on this game how the Titans gonna look with no practice time they're like well shoot they didn't look that bad.
1: Oh, I call, I called it before the game saying hey if they they come out here and perform they, that next uh, CBA agreement they're going to be saying hey we don't need to practice <laughs> at all because it's been a constant contentious point where hey the the players want to pull back on practice pull back on practice it's, it's going to be a tough sell to go from hey we want to pull back on practice to hey we do not need to practice right. at all I mean if I if I'm the if if I'm the uh, ownership group, I'm pushing back and saying, yeah, they performed well, but we also had all of these injuries from not having training camp in a normal setting. Right. So it's it's I don't think there's, too much will change from it. Right. But yeah,
0: if I'm a if I'm part of the NFLPA, I'm at least bringing it up. Yeah, maybe this gives them a little more um, evidence towards the pulling back argument, but just getting away with it. There's just no way. I I just don't I don't think this is something that you use this term quite a bit. This is not sustainable. I don't think, in my opinion. So, but th- there you have it. I just wanted to ask that because it kind of hit me uh, as we were talking this. That it's you mentioned it before. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this off season. But as of right now, the Titans are in good spot. They've they've started the season well. They've given themselves a leg up. It feels a little better than uh, covering the Titans when they're giving themselves a leg up in the division instead of having to go. Well, you got to win these next five or you're out you know, which is they've put themselves in a hole in last season. So it's, it's different mindset. This team seems to be different. They don't seem to be falling in the same pitfalls. They've got the chip on the shoulder. They're aggressive. That Vrabel mentality. I don't even call it the Patriot way or compare it to that. I think this Vrabel mentality, cause he's, he's on his own. He's his own dude, man. This Vrabel mentality is really seeking into this team and it's exciting to see and be a part of, or not, not the a part of it, but to be a part of a show that covers them and see what they're doing. And, and I love it. So Any last words from you before we get to our closing about where the Titans are right now in their season?
1: no I've, I've said it I've, I'll say it again it's that, that coaching mentality like hey this show's going to release on a Thursday we're recording on a Wednesday and guess what we we need to be some of the we, we need to be the only ones that are still talking about the Bills game that's how quickly you got to move on it's on to Houston nobody cares what you did against the Bills Sunday if you lay an egg so go out there prove if you're going to be a true true contender this is where you prove it it's not just the fluke victories that come up there and I'm going to call it a fluke until proven otherwise yeah they're four and zero, oh, but again it can be four and two at the blink of an eye so you got to be able to move on you got to be prepared go out show it again get your guys back and show the team that you actually say that you want to be because they talked about good to great last year
0: will be great be great i love it it's a great note to end on keep grinding All right, so in closing, this has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, partnered with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. Make sure you're also following on Facebook and Instagram. Our social media team is doing a fantastic job across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so check that out. Make sure to also follow your host, JB on Broad for Jonathan and Ryan on Broadway for me and the show at Coaches on Broad. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars but until next time
1: we out see ya